Today is June the 5th. Why did the nation of Israel split in two? Let's find out together as we read 1 Kings 11 to 13. Reading through the Bible in a year, we are back to reading in the book of 1 Kings. Let's read 1 Kings 11 to 13. In chapter 11, we learn of Solomon's uh, excesses. Uh, 11 1 starts out that Solomon loved many foreign women. He had many foreign wives. The wives came to him when he would close deals with other nations. At that time, it was common for uh, another king to give his children in marriage to the king with whom he made a treaty. Uh, It's hard to attack family, isn't it? Um, Solomon had many wives, and as a result, we find out in verse 4, in Solomon's old age, his many wives turned his heart to worship other gods. He had many wives. He had many gods. And uh, as a result, there came a time when uh, one of his prominent officials, a man named Jeroboam, um, walking uh, down the street one day in uh, uh, the latter half of chapter 11, uh, the prophet Ahijah sees Jeroboam Ahijah had a new coat. He took his coat off. He tore it into 12 pieces. He handed 11, uh, 10 pieces to Jeroboam and said, God is giving you the 10 northern tribes. Now, if you remember, all throughout David's reign and uh, even into Solomon's reign, there are times that the nation of Israel is referred to as Judah and uh, Israel. Uh, that division already existed. Um, It is carried through now. Uh, The northern tribes do revolt. They revolt in chapter 12. Uh, Solomon dies. His son Rehoboam is approached by the people of the entire nation saying, please, your father, uh, good king, uh, very wealthy, but he taxed us horribly. He taxed our possessions and he taxed our time. Please give us a break from these taxes. Rehoboam goes to his old advisors, says, what should I do? The old advisors say, listen to the people. Uh, You'll win them over forever. He goes to his young advisors and they say, go back to him and tell him, you think dad was tough. Wait till you see what I do. He takes his young advisor's advice, and as a result, the ten northern tribes break away. When they do, in chapters 12 and 13, King Jeroboam now uh, looks at what's going on, and he says, if the northern kingdoms go to Jerusalem to make their sacrifices there. 
they will eventually go back to Rehoboam. So he made himself two gods, two golden calves, one in the south, one in the north. And he said, this is our God, uh, worship our God here. Now, he probably wasn't saying worship some foreign God, some God other than Jehovah. What he was saying was Jehovah is represented by these images, and that's something that Jehovah had said you can never do. So as a result, in chapter 13, a prophet appears and denounces Jeroboam, tells Jeroboam that his kingdom will not last long. Let's read today, 1 Kings 11 to 13. 1 Kings 11 to 13, New Living Translation. 1 Kings 11. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women. Besides Pharaoh's daughter, he married women from Moab, Ammon, Edom, Sidon, and from among the Hittites. The Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel, you must not marry them because they will turn your hearts to their gods. Yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. And in fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. In Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful to the Lord his God as his father David had been. Solomon worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. In this way, Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to follow the Lord completely as his father David had done. On the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, he even built a pagan shrine for Chemosh, the detestable god of Moab, and another for Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. Solomon built such shrines for all his foreign wives to use for burning incense and sacrificing to their gods. The Lord was very angry with Solomon, for his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. He had warned Solomon specifically about worshiping other gods, but Solomon did not listen to the Lord's command. So now the Lord said to him, Since you have not kept my covenant and have disobeyed my decrees, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your servants." But for the sake of your father David, I will not do this while you are still alive. I'll take the kingdom away from your son. Even so, I'll not take away the entire kingdom. I'll let him be king of one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, my chosen city. Then the Lord raised up Hadad the Edomite, a member of Edom's royal family, to be Solomon's adversary. Years before, David had defeated Edom. Joab, his army commander, had stayed to bury some of the Israelite soldiers who had died in battle. While there, they killed every male in Edom. So Joab and the army of Israel had stayed there for six months, killing them. But Hadad and a few of his father's royal officials escaped and headed for Egypt. Hadad was just a boy at the time. They set out from Midian and went to Paran, where the others joined them. Then they traveled to Egypt and went to Pharaoh, who gave them a home, food, and some land. Pharaoh grew very fond of Hadad. He gave him his wife's sister in marriage, the sister of Queen Tapenes. She bore him a son named Jenubath, 
Tapenes raised him in Pharaoh's palace among Pharaoh's own sons. When the news reached Hadad in Egypt that David and his commander Joab were both dead, he said to Pharaoh, Let me return to my own country. Why? Pharaoh asked him. What do you lack here that makes you want to go home? Nothing, he replied. But even so, please let me return home. God also raised up Reason, son of Eliada, as Solomon's adversary. Reason had fled from his master, King Hadadezer of Zobah, and had become the leader of a gang of rebels. After David conquered Hadadezer, Reason and his men fled to Damascus, where he became king. Reason was Israel's bitter adversary for the rest of Solomon's reign, and he made trouble just as Hadad did. Reason hated Israel intensely and continued to reign in Aram. Another rebel leader was Jeroboam, son of Nebat, one of Solomon's own officials. He came from this town of Zeradah in Ephraim. His mother was Zeruah, a widow. This is the story about his rebellion. Solomon was rebuilding the supporting terraces and repairing the walls of the city of his father, David. Jeroboam was a very capable young man. When Solomon saw how industrious he was, he put him in charge of the labor force from the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh, the descendants of Joseph. One day as Jeroboam was leaving Jerusalem, the prophet Ahijah from Shiloh met him along the way. Ahijah was wearing a new cloak. The two of them were alone in a field, and Ahijah took hold of the new cloak he was wearing and tore it in twelve pieces. Then he said to Jeroboam, Take ten of these pieces, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I'm about to tear the kingdom from the hand of Solomon. I'll give ten of the tribes to you, but I'll leave one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I've chosen out of all the tribes of Israel." For Solomon has abandoned me and worshipped Ashtoreth, the, goda, the goddess of the Sidonians, Chemosh, the god of Moab, Molech, the god of the Ammonites. He's not followed my ways and done what's pleasing in my sight. He has not obeyed my decrees and regulations as David, his father, did. But I'll not take the entire kingdom from Solomon at this time. For the sake of my servant David, the one whom I chose and who obeyed my commands and decrees, I will keep Solomon as leader for the rest of his life. But I'll take the kingdom away from his son and give ten of the tribes to you. His son will have one tribe, so that the descendants of David, my servant, will continue to reign, shining like a lamp in Jerusalem, in the city I've chosen to be the place for my name. I'll place you on the throne of Israel, and you'll rule over all that your heart desires. But if you listen to what I tell you and follow my ways and do whatever I consider to be right, if you obey my decrees and commands as my servant David did, then I will always be with you. I'll establish an enduring dynasty for you as I did for David. I'll give Israel to you. Because of Solomon's sin, I will punish the descendants of David, though not forever. Solomon tried to kill Jeroboam, but he fled to King Shishak of Egypt and stayed there until Solomon died. The rest of the events of Solomon's reigns, including all his deeds and all his wisdom, are recorded in the book of the Acts of Solomon. Solomon ruled in Jerusalem over all Israel for forty years. When he died, he was buried in the city of David, named for his father. Then his son Rehoboam became the next king. 1 Kings 12. 
Rehoboam went to Shechem, where all Israel had gathered to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard of this, he returned from Egypt, for he had fled to Egypt to escape from King Solomon. The leaders of Israel summoned him, and Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel went to speak with Rehoboam. Your father was a hard master, they said. Lighten the harsh labor demands and the heavy taxes that your father imposed on us. Then we will be your loyal subjects. Rehoboam replied, Give me three days to think this over, then come back for my answer. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam discussed the matter with the older men who had counseled his father Solomon. What's your advice, he asked. How should I answer these people? The older counselors replied, If you're willing to be a servant to these people today and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your loyal subjects. But Rehoboam rejected the advice of the older men and instead asked the opinion of the younger men who had grown up with them and were now his advisors. What's your advice, he asked them. How should I answer these people who want me to lighten the burdens imposed by my father? The young men replied, this is what you should tell those complainers who want a lighter burden. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Yes, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips. I'll beat you with scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to hear Rehoboam's decision, just as the king had ordered. But Rehoboam spoke harshly to the people, for he rejected the advice of the older counselors and followed the counsel of his younger advisors. He told the people, My father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips. I'll beat you with scorpions. So the king paid no attention to the people. This turn of events was the will of the Lord, for it fulfilled the Lord's message to Jeroboam, son of Nebat, through the prophet Ahijah from Shiloh. When all Israel realized that the king refused to listen to them, they responded, Down with the dynasty of David. We have no interest in the son of Jesse. Back to your homes, O Israel. Look out for your own house, O David. So the people of Israel returned home. But Rehoboam continued to rule over the Israelites who lived in the towns of Judah. King Rehoboam sent Adoniram, who was in charge of forced labor, to restore order. But the people of Israel stoned him to death. When this news reached King Rehoboam, he quickly jumped into his chariot and fled to Jerusalem. To this day, the northern tribes of Israel have refused to be ruled by a descendant of David. When the people of Israel learned of Jeroboam's return from Egypt, they called an assembly and made him king over all Israel. So only the tribe of Judah remained loyal to the family of David. When Rehoboam arrived at Jerusalem, he mobilized the men of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin, a 180,000 select troops, to fight against the men of Israel and to restore the kingdom to himself. But God said to Shemaiah, the man of God, Say to Rehoboam, son of Solomon, king of Judah, and to all the people of Judah and Benjamin, and to the rest of the people, This is what the Lord says. Don't fight against your relatives, the Israelites. Go back home, for what has happened is my doing. So they obeyed the message of the Lord and went home as the Lord had commanded. 
Jeroboam then built up the city of Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim. It became his capital. Later, he went and built up the town of Peniel. Jeroboam thought to himself, unless I'm careful, the kingdom will return to the dynasty of David. When these people go to Jerusalem to offer sacrifices at the temple of the Lord, they will again give their allegiance to King Rehoboam of Judah. They'll kill me and make him their king instead." So on the advice of his counselors, the king made two gold calves. He said to the people, it's too much uh, trouble for you to worship in Jerusalem. Look, Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of Egypt. He placed these calf idols in Bethel and in Dan at either end of his kingdom. But this became a great sin for the people worshiped the idols, traveling as far north as Dan to worship the one there. Jeroboam also erected buildings at the pagan shrines and ordained priests from the common people who were not from the priestly tribe of Levi. Jeroboam instituted a religious festival in Bethel, held on the 15th day of the 8th month, in imitation of the annual festival of shelters in Judah. There at Bethel, he himself offered sacrifices to the calves he had made. He appointed priests for the pagan shrines he had made. So on the 15th day of the eighth month, a day that he himself had designated, Jeroboam offered sacrifices on the altar at Bethel. He instituted a religious festival for Israel, and he went up to the altar to burn incense. 1 Kings 13. At the Lord's command, a man of God from Judah went to Bethel, arriving there just as Jeroboam was approaching the altar to burn incense. Then at the Lord's command, he shouted, O altar, altar, this is what the Lord says. A child named Josiah will be born into the dynasty of David. On you he will sacrifice the priests from the pagan shrines who come here to burn incense, and human bones will be burned on you. That same day, the man of God gave a sign to prove his message. He said, the Lord has promised to give this sign. The altar will split apart and its ashes will be poured out on the ground. When King Jeroboam heard the man of God speaking against the altar at Bethel, he pointed at him and shouted, seize that man. But instantly the king's hand became paralyzed in that position. He couldn't pull it back. At the same time, a wide crack appeared in the altar and the ashes poured out, just as the man of God had predicted in his message from the Lord. The king cried out to the man of God, Please ask the Lord your God to restore my hand again. So the man of God prayed to the Lord, and the king's hand was restored, and he could move it again. Then the king said to the man of God, Come to the palace with me and have something to eat. I'll give you a gift. But the man of God said to the king, Even if you gave me half of everything you own, I would not go with you. I would not eat or drink anything in this place. For the Lord gave me this command, You must not eat or drink anything while you're there, and do not return to Judah by the same way you came." So he left Bethel, and he went home another way. As it happened, there was an old prophet living in Bethel, and his sons came home and told him what the man of God had done in Bethel that day. They also told their father what the man had said to the king. The old prophet asked them, which way did he go? So they showed their father which road the man of God had taken. Quick, settle the donkey, the old man said. So they settled the donkey for him, and he mounted it. Then he rode after the man of God and found him sitting under a great tree. The old prophet asked him, Are you the man of God who came from Judah? Yes, I am, he replied. Then he said to the man of God, Come here 
with me and eat some food. No, I cannot, he replied. I'm not allowed to eat or drink anything here in this place. For the Lord gave me this command. You must not eat or drink anything while you're there. Don't return to Judah by the same way you came. But the old prophet answered, I'm a prophet too, just as you are. And an angel gave me this command from the Lord. Bring him home with you so he can have something to eat and drink. But the old man was lying to him. So they went back together, and the man of God ate and drank at the prophet's home. Then while they were sitting at the table, a command from the Lord came to the old prophet. He cried out to the man of God from Judah, This is what the Lord says. You've defied the word of the Lord and have disobeyed the command the Lord your God gave you. You came back to this place and ate and drank where he told you not to eat or drink. Because of this, your body will not be buried in the grave of your ancestors. After the man of God had finished eating and drinking, the old prophet saddled his own donkey for him. The man of God started off again. But as he was traveling along, a lion came out and killed him. His body lay there on the road with the donkey and the lion standing beside it. People who passed by saw the body laying in the road and the lion standing beside it. They went and reported it in Bethel where the old prophet lived. When the prophet heard the report, he said, It's the man of God who disobeyed the Lord's command. The Lord has fulfilled his word by causing the lion to attack and kill him. The prophet said to his sons, Saddle a donkey for me. So they saddled a donkey. He went out and he found the body lying in the road. The donkey and the lion were still standing there beside it, for the lion had not eaten the body nor attacked the donkey. So the prophet laid the body of the man of God on the donkey and took it back to the town to mourn over him and bury him. He laid the body in his own grave, crying out in grief, Oh, my brother. Afterward, the prophet said to his sons, When I die, bury me in the grave where the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. For the message the Lord told him to proclaim against the altar in Bethel and against the pagan shrines in the town of Samaria will certainly come true. But even after this, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil ways. He continued to choose priests from the common people. He appointed anyone who wanted to become a priest for the pagan shrines. This became a great sin and resulted in the utter destruction of Jeroboam's dynasty from the face of the earth. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll see how the book of Kings is organized.